Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I am your host, Juliette Lamar, and with us today, we have Jason Trost. He is the founder and CEO at Markets. Welcome, Jason. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really excited yes, to be here. Absolutely. So I'm on the website right now for Smarkets, and there is a lot going on. So why don't you kind of disassemble what I'm looking at here? <laughs> I, I know it's quite overwhelming uh, group of numbers, but basically, once you kind of wrap your head around it, it's quite simple. Uh, but basically, what Smarkets is, it's, it's a prediction market. Prediction markets let people bet on the future to happen or not. So there's lots of ways that we look at the future. Uh, probably one of the most tangible ways that people might be able to wrap their head around this is the weather forecast. So like if there's a mm. 20% chance of rain tomorrow, you can agree or disagree. And the thing that a betting exchange or sorry, a prediction market slash betting exchange in the UK, but in the US, we call them prediction markets. The thing that the prediction market lets you do is if you think it's more likely than 20%, you can buy the chance of rain tomorrow. Or if it's less likely, you can sell the chance of rain happening tomorrow. Uh, so you can sell 20%. So what we do is we take that principle and apply it to all kinds of events, uh, largely around sports, but we also do politics, for example, who's going to win uh, for California governor and those kinds of those kinds of markets. So basically, it's a way to buy and sell the chance of an event happening or not happening. Huh. I, lo- I love the weather prediction. That's that's a really easy, easy way to think about it. Mm. So, so uh, you-, you know, like, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it is a prediction market, but it, it, it's kind of um, if you, there's a lot of people talking about sports betting now, and and so uh, sports betting is a form of a prediction market. The way where we're different from a vanilla sports betting thing is if you go to a bookie, uh, you're essentially betting on that. You know, like we were taking the rain example: is rain going to happen or not? You know, if you're placing a bet in Vegas or now Delaware, that uh, they just opened today. Uh, if you bet on Delaware, uh, you you know, you're essentially betting that this event will happen according to the odds that the bookmaker gives you. Uh, what a prediction market does is that means you can buy and sell and set your own price. So it's it's kind of a more advanced version of a bookmaker, if you want to think about it, think about it like that. Okay. Okay. That's starting to make a little more sense. And yeah, you've got everything on here. You've got a lot of sports, um, politics. How big is politics betting? It's very small, but um, I, th- I think uh, before I interrupted you, that was uh, you were asking how I got into this. I so, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so politics is, is, is basically how I got into this. I'm a political junkie. Uh, I've followed politics for a long time. I'm, I'm, I, I read more articles and tweets and watch shows than I care to admit. Um, I love politics. And uh, my first job, I studied computer science at university. My first job uh, at a university, I was a trader on NASDAQ. And one of my colleagues showed me this website that would let you trade a, the presidential election. And with my CF uh, trading background, uh, I thought this is such a cool thing that you could take something that I was really passionate about. This is back in 2004 when uh, Kerry was against Bush. And uh, I was like, how cool is it uh, that you can take a market and apply it to a presidential election? Uh, but the aha moment for me was, um, even though I had a degree in computer science and was a professional trader, I had trouble understanding the interface. So uh, that was that was the basis for getting into this. 
Um, we make the lion's share of our money in the UK market, which sports betting is completely legal. It has been for 60, 70, 80 years now or something like that. Um, but what my pat, what I'm really, really passionate about is, uh, trading real world events that aren't at sports. Like, you know, is Brexit going to happen? Is Trump going to get impeached? Uh, you know, these kinds of fundamental questions to society. I think the best way, uh, for society to get that weather forecast of the future, uh, so to speak, is with the prediction market. It's so interesting. You know, I haven't really thought much about betting, but then when you put into, into the race, you know, betting on, you know, presidential elections or betting on world events. Um, it, it really is like put your money where your mouth is. You know, people are, are so vocal about political things. They're so vocal about uh, cultural things, but now they're actually putting money towards their beliefs. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, and then the really, really cool thing is uh, there's this principle called the wisdom of crowds, where if you take enough people by enough people, I mean a diverse group of people that have differing opinions, and you aggregate their opinions. Uh, science has shown that the, the the aggregate opinion will be very, very close to being accurate. So one of the classic examples is that uh, if you have a rhinoceros at a, at, at a fair, and you ask people to guess the weight, obviously there's going to be extremely high variance on, you know, somebody's going to say 100 pounds, somebody's going to say 5 billion pounds. Uh, but if you ask enough people and you take the average of everybody's opinion about how much the rhinoceros rate weighs, the science shows that uh, the average is very, very close to being accurate. And so when you have all these people putting their money where their mouth is, uh, this is where I think what I think is really exciting about the political betting. It's not just the fact that people can monetize their beliefs, but it's the fact that when people are monetizing their beliefs, the information that comes out of it is very, very valuable to society. Well, absolutely. I mean, if we can start predicting the outcomes of political events and cultural events just by crowdsourcing, kind of, um, the power of that is is like, whoa. Yeah, who wouldn't want to do that? Um, where where people get tripped up a little bit is is getting hung up on the word prediction. So, like, it doesn't predict the future any more than the weather forecast does. So like mm-hmm. if the weather forecast says it's 20% chance to rain tomorrow and it doesn't rain, you don't say, well, the re- weather forecast screwed up that prediction or vice versa. If it does rain, you don't say the weather forecast screwed up that prediction. You want to think about it. It's the, it's society's best guess of what the chance is right now. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. So if there's a 23% chance that Trump gets impeached, uh, I think it's a little bit higher than that. I should, I should check actually, but it's a little bit higher than that. <laughs> um, but, if there's a 23% chance that Trump gets impeached, that doesn't mean if he doesn't get impeached, the thing was, if he doesn't get impeached, it's right. And if he does get impeached, it's wrong. It means as of right now, there's a 23% chance. Um, so yeah. don't don't get too hung up on predictions. It's more about <laughs> our best guess right now. Which is really all we have in uh, but, life in general. <laughs> but, but our best guess right now markets doesn't roll off the tongue as well as prediction markets does. So, so we call prediction <laughs> markets. You're like, eh, that's our best guess. People are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know. I mean, it's basically death and taxes, right? So uh, anything short of death and taxes, um, it's a it's a guess. Are you seeing any crossover? Because this is so interesting. You have such you have such access to information. Um, do you see any kind of crossovers, or can make any connections between political events, sports, and cultural things? 
Um, in ge- I mean, in general, political betting is very, very small compared to sports betting. I mean, there are people that are kind of interested in both, but in- but I would say, broadly speaking, people are interested in, in one or the other. Uh, so while you can use betting markets to predict the outcome of sports, in general, more- most people are interested in-, in sports betting under the entertainment context rather than the financial or predictive context. Whereas I think, you know, while you will have people trying to monetize the chance of Brexit happening or not and trying to guess market movements and those kinds of things, just like traditional um, people would, I think most people engage with political markets because they're more interested in, you know, that wisdom of crowds idea that I was talking about. Yeah, I love I've never heard that before. And I, I really like it. Uh, wisdom of crowds idea. Do you see anything of where, oh, you know, Republicans are in office or Brexit, Brexit is going to happen and Brexit does happen? And does that affect? sports in any way, or even people's willingness to bet on things? No, I don't, I don't think, uh, no, I don't think that affects sports betting that much, no. Yeah. It's not, it's not as, it's um, not as uh, the rabbit hole doesn't go that, that deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it, you know, if you believe in the matrix, it's all, it's all connected. But I, I would say <laughs> that uh, I, I think if you look at volume on our site, uh, under 1% politics right now. So even though I'm I'm very, very passionate about it, and I think it's really important, um, it's not material to our business yet. Uh, we hired a, uh, a full-time uh, ex-barrister to kind of beef up our political market offering. So over the next uh, six to 12 months, um, we will definitely be uh, investing heavily in, in pushing our political markets. But from a revenue business point of view, it's pretty small compared to sports betting. I should also say all this stuff is illegal in the United States right now. Uh, so so PASPA, the, the recent Supreme Court decision, has, has kind of opened the way for us. Um, there is an option to do small-scale, polit- real-money political betting um, under the guise of CFTC, and we're investigating that, but we don't have permission yet from the CFTC. Nor, nor do we have an American betting license that would allow us to take bets from uh, from Americans, unfortunately. So all of this is still uh, primarily UK based until until we get legal in the United States. That was going to be one of my questions too. Is um, wh- what are you, what is the difference you see or you feel why the UK is a lot more open to betting and you know it's it's a pastime, it's something that they all enjoy doing, and America is a lot more closed off to it. I would disagree with that sentiment. I would just say uh, Americans are crazy about betting, just like British people are. I mean, <laughs> you know, anytime March Madness comes around, like all offices are, are basically betting in pools. And, and uh, what's kind of funny, I've, I've been in the UK for 10 years. And, you know, I when people ask me what I do, and I say I'm a bookmaker, and, and they'll either say, oh, I bet on sports, or I my buddy X bets on sports. Um, and in general, it's very legal in the United States. Um, so even though it's illegal, it's still a very, very uh, heavily trafficked uh, pastime, I guess you would call it. So I would just say it's, oh, a, it's more underground here. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I was just I don't thinking, think that, why, why do you think it's underground still here? Like, why, why do you think that it's so culturally acceptable and legal? And in the U.S., it's culturally not frowned upon, but you know, there's a stigma because it is illegal, but it happens all the time anyway. What what's stopping America from taking that leap? Well, my two working hypothesis, and this is purely my opinion. I don't have facts necessarily to back this up, but one was it's sort of the Protestant work ethic, cultural idea in America of like, you know, if you're not working, uh, what are you doing with your life? And you're going to go to hell. So like <laughs> betting is kind of as a you know from this like very harsh christian ideological ideological point of view like uh, it's a waste of time you're going to lose money 
Um, the other thing is, I think that uh, betting became a business model of the mafia. So the fact, you know, mm. you combine the business model of the mafia with the fact that, you know, you shouldn't be doing recreational stuff under the Protestant work ethic. You should be working all the time. I think those kinds of two flavors combine to, to make betting seem quite unseemly. And that's probably not going to change too too soon, but maybe. It seems like it might be a lot of fun. Oh, I think, no, I think it, well, I, I mean, I live and breathe this stuff, uh, but I think it's changed quite instantly, actually. There was just a YouGov poll that came out about a week ago that said 60x percent of Americans favor legalization of sports betting. So I think it's kind of like, you know, as American culture moves further left, uh, you know, we're seeing this, the, the acceleration of changing cultural values. You know, like if you think about gay marriage and the legalization of marijuana, you know, when when I was a kid, those were huge taboos. I mean, up until relatively recently, gay marriage was, was still considered a taboo and, and certainly legal marijuana. And just in the last year, you know, who cares about legal marijuana and who cares about who's against gay marriage now? You know, and I think sports betting is going to go fairly quickly. And I think the fact that PASPA rolled back uh, the federal prohibition for states to regulate sports betting will kind of pave the cultural way for a lot of these people that have been betting in the shadows to say, yeah, it's not that big a deal. I've been doing it for 10 years. And so Smarkets is, is not alone in this world of, of predictions and, and platforms for betting. What are some of the unique things about Smarkets that set it apart from your competitors? Well, there's two sets of competitors. One, there's this kind of prediction market betting exchange competitors. So th those are people that let you trade the outcome of these event markets. Uh, there's probably like four to six of us in the world. You know, there aren't very many. Um, so what sets us apart from those guys, typically price. Uh, so we have lower transaction fees than they do. Um, we also have some unique features that, that are, are quite paired towards sports betting. But for example, we offer live in-play football betting. Uh, so by football, I mean soccer. Um, I was talking to London this morning, so I'm, I'm in my British English context. Uh, but, you know, most betting websites, it's, it's a small nuanced thing. But when you bet during a soccer match, you have to wait 10 seconds for the bookmaker to accept the bet. We accept the bet instantly. And as far as I know, I think we're the only betting exchange or bookmaker that will accept the bet instantly. Um, compared to uh, a bookmaker, I mean, bookmakers, you know, are like stock trading in the 80s compared to stock trading of today. You know, bookmakers are just very archaic, old school entities. You could think of a bookmaker being a betting exchange with one seller and you can't negotiate in price, you can't trade it. And they offer, they add a huge margin to the odds so that they can make money. So bookmakers are generally making around a 5 to 10% margin. And the Smarkets business model is closer to a 2% margin. Uh, so not only are is markets a lot better priced than most bookmakers, but you know you can just do a lot more with most bookmakers. Um, so that's how I would compare us to our, our competition. And how easy is it to get set up with an account? Well, in America, not very easily. I hope not very uh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we block you. Um, no, it's not very easy at all in America. In in the UK, you just I mean it's like any internet service. You you go to smartcards.com, you click sign up, you enter your details, you deposit usually from a debit card, uh, but we take money from some e-wallets, we take money from some bank transfer stuff. But in general, most people deposit with a debit card. Then you keep your balance in your account. Uh, in the UK context, they call an e-wallet. I'm not sure what they call e-wallets in the US. But you you e keep an online balance. Okay. Yeah, you keep your money. It's 
you keep your money in your e-wallet and then you bet and then we hold your money in escrow essentially and if you win your bet the money's released plus your winnings and if you lose your bet uh the escrow money goes away so that's that's basically the mechanics of the money and then when you win your bet we you uh withdraw uh usually to your original payment but uh if that's not possible we find another way to get the money to you and it's available for england and for portugal i see here we're not we're not in portugal actually uh we want to be in portugal oh. uh so there's we operate in 10 countries but our main markets are malta ireland and the uk right now but we're looking to expand so. uh to, to other european countries and america when when we find a way into the american market <laughs> well i hope that everything is is changing soon and we can see markets on our own little trading betting areas coming to a town near you soon. Um, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to explain all this. Uh, a lot of it I didn't even know existed. Not the betting part, but just you could bet on, on governmental things. I think that's really cool. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with everyone here. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope it wasn't too esoteric. <laughs> no. That was Jason Trost. He is the founder and CEO at Some Market. You can check them out at SomeMarkets.com. That's S-M-A-R-K-E-T-S.com. This has been Juliet Lamar for Future Tech Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.